I do think the two areas where we see some difference, at least in how most of the church understands it, is the contemplative sits and waits on the Lord and charismatic goes after the Lord. Mm. But my question is, which one of those is wrong? All right, friends, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in studio with my brothers in Christ, Dan Demite and Brad Pierre. Come on. Hey, hey, Glad to be here. Glad today. to be here. Yes. I'm going to be fine. I get hyped about the high fives, just yeah. for the record. I'm like already ready for it before it even happens. Green yeah. high five. Uh, we're pumped. Today's going to be a sweet show. We were, we were reflecting before the show on our conversation uh, a few weeks back on the institutional and the charismatic dimensions of the faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we can get wrapped up in, in theology conversation and practice, or I guess, uh, theoretical conversation, all things that are really good, especially if you're founding an apostolic movement like we are here <laughs> at Damascus. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, you know, when, when push comes to shove, we've, we've got to understand how this message actually applies to our own personal practical experience. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, we actually, we were having a conversation this morning. It wasn't really a conversation. It was our, our, our staff prayer time. Mm-hmm. And Dan, you, you, were, you were reflecting on kind of the, the, the experience that we've even gone through as an organization as we've mm-hmm. grown and understanding our own prayer life and, uh, you know, all that's encompassed in that. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe we can kick off with prayer this morning and then we can jump into sharing a little bit about who we are, what's our heart for yeah. prayer. yeah. And uh, and individually even, uh, yeah. how's the Lord moved in each of our own, yeah. own lives? Love that. You want to open us in prayer? Today? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus Christ, take us deeper. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. us deeper into your heart. Take us deeper into um, just intimacy with you. The goal, Lord, is spiritual betrothal, that we would know you, that we would love you, that we'd be known by you, and that we'd be loved by you. Lord, we pray that we would be a people who experience your love. Mm-hmm. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I just, I, I want us um, just to experience your love during the show. So I pray that you mm. would bless people, yeah. that your spirit would touch hearts, touch bodies, touch minds, mm-hmm. um, and that we would come to know you more, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I love... We, we, we speak this to, to kids all the time on retreat settings that like mm-hmm. God is interested in our experience of prayer more than we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that God desires closer relationship with us than we desire closer relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's in this so that we could have an encounter with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he tends to desire both and a little bit more than we do too. I was thinking about like just reflecting on Jesus, like he's fully God and fully man, right? Yeah. He's both. And, and I think so often as humans, we're in a world of either or. Yeah. Like we're in a world where it's like either I go to McDonald's or I go to Wendy's. Either I have a Coke or I have a Pepsi. Like we're just in a world consumed by either or, whereas God's always been a God of both ends. So I think there's just an interest that God has in our prayer life and an interest that God has in bringing us into his perspective, which is always... Almost always both ends. I was having fun with the drive-thru guy this weekend. So yeah. I drive through the drive-thru <laughs> on Friday night and uh, he's like, hey, welcome to McDonald's. And I was like, oh shoot, I'm at McDonald's. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this is McDonald's. I was like, oh man, well. You responded like that yeah, too. Yeah, that's what I said. And, and, and I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm just going to need a few minutes to come up with what I, I was going to get because I didn't know I was at McDonald's. And so he's just he's just sitting there waiting. And then I order my food and stuff. And he's like, I just have to ask, where did you where think you were? were? I was like, well, where do you think I was? <laughs> Left it at that. Were you, yeah. you alone in your car, Dan? Or was uh, no, your children? of course, my 13 year old daughter was there. So I was like, <laughs> She yeah, usually speaks on your behalf. My, to the my wife was also there. She was like, Dan, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> yeah. But I've also taken a kazoo and like ordered, because you know, like sometimes you try to order. I don't know what a kazoo is. I'm going to need a help. kazoo is one of those like little instruments where you're like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's like an automatopoeia. It <laughs> does the noise it that is the, the noise. name. Yeah. So like, you know, like sometimes it's hard. They're like, then you just respond by going and like wait I'm sorry I didn't hear that and you're like you will speak clearly or you will get consumed yeah so So, I have a confession to make one of the most the most terrible experiences I guess (laughs) I love where it's starting okay we were in high school oh all good stories start that way Mm -hmm. my friend Seth and I we had we we were we were in the student section of St. Charles (laughs) and, and we had a bullhorn and it wasn't an actual bullhorn. It was like a tiny little toy bullhorn. Yeah. And it had a setting on it where it would make your voice 
sound like sound like a robot, and it sounded just like the lady at the Wendy's drive-through. Oh, Perfect. That's the so, best. so one day after a game, we drove to the Wendy's drive-through. <laughs> Seth got out of the car and hid in the bushes. Oh no! <laughs> Behind the drive-through speaker, and someone would pull up, and the woman at the the woman at the on the drive-thru speaker would start taking the order. <laughs> and then after she was done, Seth would start speaking in a conflicting order. Yes. He's in oh, the man. FBI now, I'm so isn't sorry. He? He's so in the sorry. FBI? <laughs> I think. And he this was hiding what, in bushes. We're gonna need to, We're going to need to edit this show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, in other words, both and a drive-thru, you both get your food and stay in your yes. car, right? That's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a joy. All right. Okay. So uh, who we are as an organization. Yes. Yeah, this is good. This Both is good. and hard what, God. What there God was has some... done through us. So uh, beyond Damascus, you're tuning into the show. You know who we are. We, we are we are Damascus. We're, we're a campus in central Ohio, and mm-hmm. um, we have a missionary community here who lives and works and, and prays every day for the work of building up the young church, right? Mm-hmm. Our mission is to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. And- uh, today we were we we had a beautiful time of staff worship, um, and Dan, you were sharing testimony of kind of what our experience has been. If you're here and if you pray with us, you might be tempted to label what you experience as charismatic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to pray loudly, we like to pray confidently and in faith. Our times of worship are awesome. Um, you can you know mm-hmm. you can check us out. We we've got stuff on on YouTube and Spotify on Damascus worship. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're yep. We're taking this intentionally at mm-hmm. this point, mm-hmm. but we've gone through a process of growing and learning who mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. Right? Daniel, yeah. speak to our yeah. A bit. No, it's so so funny. Like nowadays, I, I love talking to people because they're like, "Well, I don't know if like you're charismatic or you're traditional." Like <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, yes, like, yes. I can't put labels. I on can't you, pin right? you. Like because we have we have an extremely expressive prayer. We pray for healing. We pray for like the uh, an outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see uh, God moving mm-hmm. both yeah. like mm-hmm. in deeply spiritual ways and in, in physical manifestations, mm-hmm. and all of that is like usually associated with charismatic expression, but then we're also deeply traditional. We've yeah. got like altar boys and cassocks and all the smells and bells during the liturgy yeah. that you can imagine. We're, we're all about Eucharistic adoration. We got a beautiful, we're looking at it, beautiful Marian grotto, like right at the heart of our campus. And mm-hmm. we pray the, ro- our campers pray the rosary every single day. It's yeah. like, so it's these two expressions coming together, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and people don't know how to label us sometimes, which is fun. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. I was sharing this morning that like early on, it was like, I was so hungry to see and experience in our ministry mm-hmm. more outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted us to be a charismatic ministry. I saw other charismatic ministries. I saw like the Holy Spirit moving in power. And I was like, mm-hmm. we were so grounded. We've always been so grounded on daily mass and mm-hmm. Eucharistic adoration on yeah. Marian tradition. We had such faithfulness to Our Lady. Well, and, even on great music. I mean, we, we yeah, have- Expressive yeah. praise the has always been a part of it. Praise and worship. But, but that's not, like, that like, doesn't wrap it up. Right? Yeah, yeah, it right, doesn't wrap right. it up. There, I knew there was more, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. where there's always more. And to see the Lord over the years, um, almost like allow fidelity to the Eucharist, fidelity to Our sure. Lady, lead to a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I think is mm-hmm. beautiful, right? Yeah. That when you hang out with Mary, she introduces you to Wasn't her that spouse. Saint, Saint yeah, 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 yeah. Said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That when, you, you know, when you're with like the Immaculate Conception, yes. she's gonna introduce you to the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Like that's what, uh, that is the, the, she was the first who was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. So yeah. well, those who have deep Marian tradition roots, right? Those who have deep Eucharistic roots, they they almost always can find their end in yeah. a deeper expression of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And I love I love that as part of our church as well. Yeah. Like when you go out with a deep Marian um, devotion, right? And mm. you continue to pursue her, she always introduces you to Holy Spirit. And you know what I've seen so often is those who go after the Holy Spirit, he introduces you to Mary. Yeah. Like, like it's just this beautiful reality where the Lord himself is revealing just even in that relationship yep. that I want you to see the church as both traditional in the truest sense of the word yep. and charismatic, like, and moving differently, right? Yeah. Like, um, and I, I don't know, there's something in that. I, I was actually giving a talk recently and I had someone come out up to me afterwards and uh, I was on a college campus and they came up and they were asking that question. Like, are you, uh, are you more on the like um, traditional side of things? Or are you on the more charismatic side of things? I can't, I can't exactly figure out where your theology <laughs> yeah. lies. And what, what, and what, what label 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 
exactly. <laughs> it was almost because like, I want to make sure the question I'm about to ask lines up with that previous yeah. affiliation. And I remember like sensing that and the way I answered, I, I, I want to just speak today because I think it's, it's a good way to answer is I was like, well, actually I'm baptized, <laughs> which means that like, I actually like find myself in the family of God seeking all of the ways that he wants to communicate his life to us. Yeah. And that's like- Yeah, I'm ever ancient and ever right, new right, 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 right. Now. Like yeah. again, we've talked about that last time, the perichoresis, this eternal dance of father, son, and spirit. Yeah. All I want in my life is to be right in the middle of that. Yeah. Whatever happens in the middle of that, I'm yeah. totally down for as long yeah. as I'm in- the middle of that. That's neat because you know? being baptized roots you in in the deepest mm. traditions of the church and of all of the expressions that the faithful have had, mm-hmm. like be, even dating back to our Jewish brothers and sisters, right? And yes. and yet being baptized brings makes you the temple of the Holy Spirit. So That's you're right. so deeply rooted in tradition, and mm-hmm. at the same time, you're a living temple of the Holy Spirit. And right, so, like, right, right. there's this beautiful ability to be deeply yeah. Yeah. traditional yes. and deeply yeah. Well, I'm charismatic. a t- I, even think about it. I'm a temple and a tabernacle. Yeah. That like I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm also a tabernacle of the presence of Jesus. You can't get more traditional than the heart of every parish being the tabernacle that hosts the presence <laughs> of the Lord, right? <laughs> and also a temple who goes out and Amen. the Holy Spirit operates through me to bring What do you call a person who's both traditional and charismatic? A- is it I've heard this word. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no. Actually, um, <laughs> yeah, one of our one of our guys, no, okay. Sam Halligan, so, so just wrote a. Now we create another on that. label, right? Yeah. This is good. No, right. Tradematics. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, but why, don't just, why don't we just like live that? it like Jesus? Oh, right? okay. <laughs> I came not to abolish, but to complete. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. And to realize that the Holy Spirit wants to do something new. That's really good, right? man. That, yeah. that when we allow ourselves, when we submit ourselves, and, and say, God, I, I'm, I run the risk if I if I put you in a box. Yeah. Of making myself God, right? Oh. <laughs> of putting myself in control. Yeah. And our temptation so often is, okay, Lord, I'll break you out of this box into a slightly larger box. Larger box <laughs> that still has some that, that I'm that I'm still comfortable. Convenient with, walls, right? yeah. So I, I think it's it's good. You know, we like Dan, like you you were witnessing, we we asked ourselves this question as an organization yep. um, for years. And yeah, I remember I remember early in our in our ministry being, you know, uh lovingly and um, convictingly accused of being unabashedly Catholic, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that the way that we grabbed onto the tradition of the church, it just wasn't in line with, you know, what the modern young people need. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, history will prove that, yeah. that we, were, we, were following, um, we were following in our commitment to daily mm-hmm. mass, in our commitment mm-hmm. to, to Eucharist, to adoration, to... to the sacrament of reconciliation, right? We were following a movement of the spirit yeah. who was inviting us to a practice of the sacraments in a way that was meaningful yeah. and touched the hearts of kids. You know, we've often said that our secret here is that we've just, we put kids in front of Jesus mm-hmm. and we let him do the work. Um, and that, that led us all the way to the point, what was it, I don't know, if 10 years ago where you were uh, at the conclusion of one of our sessions, crying out to the Lord, yep. mm-hmm. asking God, you reveal your wonders. I mean, mm-hmm. open us to a greater expression of your gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, where do you think, where do you think that nervousness comes from? Because what you're saying, I think, happens in our life in ministry all the time, that someone, they come up and they're well-intentioned. They, they really do want Jesus to be honored, yeah. but they come up, I, I shouldn't even say but, and they come up, they want Jesus to be honored, and they come up, and they give a very stringent set of realities that you need to follow in order to be mm-hmm. where God wants you to be. But I'm just wondering, what what is the anxiousness or the anxiety that comes with like, Opening it up. Does that make yeah. sense? Because you were saying in the early days, I mean, like it's it's gotta be rooted in just fear fear of error. Yeah. Right? Is that fear what it is? Abuse. Yeah. I mean, there's been That's good. there's been so much liturgical abuse, right? And so mm-hmm. you don't you don't want liturgical abuse. No one wants that, right? And you don't want emotional abuse of of people, right? Yeah. And yeah. I was actually yeah. my wife and I were just having a conversation the other day and we were reflecting back to some of our early years in ministry and mm-hmm. just some of the formation we received. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like that was off. Like the formation people were teaching, there was certain things that were just off and yeah. even like, the formation that we gave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's it's true. true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, you're right. No, and and so like it is like to be in a place of of forming others, uh yeah. It, it, yeah. it takes a level of um I don't know, like uh holy fear of God of like yeah. I'm not perfect. And so I need to make sure the words I say are, are yeah. tried and yeah. tested. Yeah. And, and so there is a fear of like we don't want to hurt people yeah. by by sharing things or doing things that would lead them astray. Yeah, it's a temperance and prudence thing, I think, sometimes, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm wanting to live up to these virtues. I, I think the reason I ask is because there's some there's a place obviously where that virtue is no longer being lived out and I'm actually in fear. Yeah. And and I think that there is a line there that's interesting to me, but I, I think it's interesting as we talk about this particular subject, like when Jesus transfigures 
himself, right? Like when he's transfigured and like shows his glory, reveals his glory. Like John writes that in the first chapter, yep. right? Like, mm-hmm. and we saw his glory. I think we read over that sometimes. He's like, <laughs> no, we actually like saw it on the mountain of transfiguration. And when Jesus is transfigured, it's said that he reveals the entirety of himself. If you read yeah. through the saints understanding of the transfiguration, he's revealing the entirety of himself, mm-hmm. obviously in his person, right? In his divine being. And like, obviously in his resurrected human yeah. form. But in addition to that, it would do us well to look that Moses and Elijah are there, Mm. right? So the fullness of the revelation of Jesus came with a revelation of Moses and Elijah, who are what? The fulfillment of the law Mm -hmm. and the fulfillment of the prophets. Mm. Mm. The law is the tradition that which anchored and the prophets are that which pointed forward. Yeah. Like the fullness of the revelation of Jesus can't come without both, right? And and I think that is so apparent in the scriptures. That's so apparent in the stories of the saints. So I wonder sometimes why that hesitation comes in us. I think it is that we live in a world of either or, but I also think there's this fear that comes in sometimes that well, if you look at, holds us if back. If you look at history too, it, it this hasn't always, and we're not gonna get into a history conversation <laughs> yeah, sure, today, sure, but sure. You know, um, one of my favorite parts of our teaching on like the history of the charismatic renewal is yeah. to look back, I mean, arguably the most divisive part point at Christian history was, I I guess I can't say that. Yeah. It's probably, there's, there are a lot of devices. <laughs> well, yeah. well, but there, there is the yeah. schism in the Reformation, right? In the Reformation, yeah. So yeah. in the Reformation, um, you know, cardinals of the church gathered and said that, hey, uh, as evidence of the fact that this Protestant movement is an inauthentic, an inauthentic expression of the Christian faith, look to the fact that miracle signs and wonders aren't happening in their gatherings. Yeah. Like, yeah. suggesting yeah. that, an authentic expression of the Catholic faith should be accompanied by miracle signs. Of moment. course, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. As 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 recently as the 1500s, mm-hmm. I think the the expression that we are living in today is is probably an overreaction to the abuses that we saw in the 60s and 70s. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the idea that that faith can be boiled down to some emotionalism. Yeah. Right. And and, and certainly we're not returning to that. But I think the pendulum has swung far in the opposite direction. I mean, Dan, I remember you and I in our time in youth ministry uh, because we were so offended by the highly emotional um, kind of experiences and events that we'd been to. Yeah. Uh, we would stop at nothing to make sure that there was there was nothing that resembled emotionalism. Yeah, yeah. and we would like try to testify like, oh no, no, it wasn't an emotional experience, as if that was a good thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Kids, students never, yeah, never no, in your testimony no, speak the word yeah. feel. Yeah, right? which is so funny because like when we talk about the beatific vision, mm. or when we even talk about like mm-hmm. the spiritual life, we use the two key phrases of desolation and consolation, and like you can't mm-hmm. talk about desolation and consolation without that being an emotional experience. Like, yeah, desolation yeah. is the lack of like yeah. it, it, this, this like the lack of feeling yeah. of consolation, right? Yeah. And and the goal of heaven is consolation, yeah. is, sure. is this, this beautiful union, which is also pervades the emotions where I experience yeah. the yeah. love of God. Well, when all three is, of us are married, try to explain your wedding day without using emotions or feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do yeah. it. It's like, yeah. I can't, I can't, I don't actually know how to do that. And if I were to do that, it would it's, substantially undermine what it actually was. And now again, and I'm not- want it. They're no, like, oh, so you I, sat in front of each other and yeah. sacrificed your entire life? Right, right. Why? Yeah, like, well, right? That, like, that matters. It would almost- Like it, it sounds horrible. Well, it's almost like it matters in so uh, far as your emotion can match it. Yeah. And now again, I'm not saying let's go on some emotional whimsical journey, yeah. but like there's all there's an evidence to the fact I did lay down my yeah. life because there was emotion involved in it. Like it actually happened yeah. and it manifested. Yeah. And like, that's a human experience, but- God didn't make us human by accident, right? Yeah. So that human experience, we can say, is well, part Thomas of us. Aquinas, who's like you know the the rock, he's pretty like, good. Yeah, the rock he's, star he's of like smart. intellectual the angelic doctor. If he ever wants yeah. to sit yeah. right yeah. here, yeah, he's exactly. Welcome, You're right. welcome. We, we need to pull the <laughs> Come chair on, yeah, out yeah, quite yeah, a just bit. Just let him know. Uh, yeah, but the uh, yeah, he's just like you know, I forget where I was going with that now. Oh, <laughs> he, he just like he beautifully roots the emotions in, yeah. as the one of the faculties of the human soul, right? And so if God placed within my soul, the emotions, the emotions must be good, right? Right. And he must want to use them in my relationship with him. Both Mm -hmm. the feeling of emotion um, Mm -hmm. and the lack of emotion that God is going to communicate to me through that just as much as he wants to communicate to me through the other faculties of my soul. That's good. So as, as an organization and as individuals, I, I want to, I want to refocus us here. This is an awesome conversation, but what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, McDonald's. So I think that I, 
I, I think that what we are not, we're not the solution to, to life in the church, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think what, what we're seeing here, we can witness to yeah. because yeah. it's our own testimony and our yeah. own experience. Sure. I, I think what we've seen and what I've seen in my own heart, and I don't think God's done yet, mm-hmm. is a move toward something, uh, a more mature expression, a more mm-hmm. balanced expression mm-hmm. of what it means like not to take control of the process of guiding my own spiritual life, mm-hmm. but to receiving in humility, mm-hmm. God, what is it that you want to give to yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, that's right? awesome. And I think that's happened as an organization here at Damascus. I think that's happened as individuals. Like, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll refer to this a little bit later at the end of the show, preview at the end of the show. We're going to be talking about three ways that if you kind of define yourself from a more charismatic perspective, how you can grow maybe mm-hmm. through a more in, intentional practice of, of the contemplative life of prayer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And three ways, if you define yourself more from a contemplative worldview, how you could grow from challenging yourself to enter yeah. into a more yep. charismatic life yep. of prayer. Mm-hmm. I think here at Damascus, you know, w- what we found is that as we started taking ourselves less seriously, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That God has just opened up a, a really beautiful and nuanced and mm-hmm. uh, wide-reaching perspective yep. mm-hmm. of what it can mean to live in the middle of both. Yeah. So yeah. you use both of those words, Aaron, contemplative and charismatic. And I know you especially, uh, because you're such a big teacher in our community, you've gotten a lot of pushback, not like from outsiders <laughs> yeah. of like, okay, <laughs> you're either charismatic or you're contemplative. And, and mm. you've done such like... Uh, a good job of like helping people come to realize you can have the both and, and you can experience that they're not opposed to each other, but they're compliments of each other. Yeah, they're two sides of the same So when someone calls you up and is like, uh, like, okay, I heard, I heard Damascus is doing this, right? And and like starts accusing you or attacking you. What's your usual process (laughs) to talk to them? My usual process is to make them define their terms. Okay, sure. So, so what, what do you mean by contemplative? Yeah. (laughs) No, that's right. Yeah. And usually, I mean, usually because most, most people aren't that well studied. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. usually my criticism comes from the fact that I heard a talk on on YouTube mm-hmm. or some podcast mm-hmm. of some person who was critical of the and that doesn't that's not me, right? Like no, you, you're not, no, no, no. Because I, I I feel like I have no. a master's in theology and I still don't feel like I'm well studied. Sure, because sure. Theology is a giant like uh, yeah. it's just so, we yeah. have two thousand years of history. So I heard a talk once, right? Yeah. yeah. And this is usually how the conversation goes. Yep. I heard that John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila hate charismatics. Yeah, that is yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I and like the, John of the Cross and, and Teresa. And they're spiritual Avila. doctors in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, yeah. what you're doing must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, honestly, that's usually where it ends. Yeah. yeah. Is, is John of the Cross clearly says that charismatic expression of the faith is something that's prone to error or dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Teresa of Avila we was have a to, contemplative, the perfect contemplative. <laughs> and we have to start the conversation yeah, yeah. with, you know, w- where are our assumptions coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So uh, it might be meaningful just to talk about like, what do we mean? Yeah. You know, uh, certainly in, in, in today's expression of what it means to express the contemplative mm-hmm. reality of the faith, John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila are usually held up there as yeah. like the, the yeah. paragon of, yeah. uh, of, of that expression. Um, Dan, we were joking before the show, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, Okay, they are the doctors of mystical theology, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you could you you love Teresa. Apple. Well, I always think it's so funny because, like, you you say when when it's about terms, right? So yeah. the catechism says contemplative prayer is a gift from God. It, it says you That's like awesome. it is a gift from God, and a charismatic says I'm one who who is open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the two are actually like the actually it's by being a charismatic, right? By being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit that, that I open myself up <laughs> yeah. to the grace to receive contemplative prayer. Yeah. That contemplative prayer like literally comes from. From that openness to the gifts of the Holy yeah. Spirit, or the you know the Catechism also speaks of vocal prayer. The contemplative prayer yeah. flows forth out of vocal prayer. The first I start mm-hmm. with vocal mm-hmm. prayer, so like it's that you know I, I start praying uh, or I start doing worship songs, right? And yeah. worship songs, vocal prayer or hymns, however, vocal prayer will lead me to a place of contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. But yet, like mm-hmm. you've got Teresa of Avila and. 
John of the Cross who are often labeled as these people who are, yeah, were against the charismatic, yeah. but they were literally the poster child for the charismatic gifts, right? Yeah. Like I, I wrote down some of just in the, the mansions. <laughs> like if, if you know Teresa of Avila, she, she has these spiritual mansions. In the fifth mansion, you have like prayer of union and union of wills where she mm. speaks of this prayer of union, which is this like deep, her words, not mine. It says the prayer of the sleep of the faculties where your where your physical faculties and sometimes like your faculties kind of uh, are just resting mm-hmm. in God, right? And it's funny because Charismatics just like they speak of resting in the Holy Spirit, where mm-hmm. your physical faculties sometimes, and even sometimes your your emotional or yeah. your your intellectual faculties are just absorbed in God, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. maybe the Charismatic would be like, "Well, uh, uh, I was resting in the Holy Spirit," right? Sure. And the Contemplative will be like, "Well, I'm going after the Prayer of Union." Well, yeah. maybe they're actually using the same different words yeah. for the same experience. Yeah. Or I love this. Teresa of Avila, right? She's like six mansions, spiritual betrothal, right? Like I'm getting to the highest place of deepest intimacy. Completely emotionless. And she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she speaks of these like these like visions and locutions, right? Mm-hmm. She speaks mm-hmm. of jubilations, like this like a jubilation yeah. of like just the, awesome. the whole, the body, the spirit, the mind are taken into this mm-hmm. expressive form of dance and song, right? She speaks, I, I mean, just crazy stuff like wounding, right? Like, have you ever talked to a charismatic and they're like, and then it just felt like there was this like piercing in my side. And you're like, whoa, you're crazy, right? Yeah. But like, that's actually like, you, there's these beautiful midi- like medieval like renderings of like Teresa of Avila's experience of experiencing the wounding of the Holy Spirit Being where stabbed she- Stabbed with arrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she experiences like this, this pain that's also yeah. consoling at the same time because mm-hmm. it's like entering into the suffering of the Lord. Yeah, I think your point is that, that we, we can often make distinction without difference, right? So yeah. here's the distinction. And we're going to put charismatic over yeah. here and contemplative over here, but there's really no difference in some of this language we're yeah. using. I do think the two areas where we see some difference, at least in how most of the church understands it, is the contemplative sits and waits on the Lord and charismatic goes after the Lord. Mm. But my question is, which one of those is wrong? <laughs> so right, like I, I would yeah. never, I would never say you sitting and waiting on the Lord. I mean, we're about yeah. to enter into a, mm-hmm. a new liturgical year. Like we wait on the Lord in plenty of seasons. Yeah. Advent is literally the season of waiting, right? Yeah. Like waiting on the Lord is absolutely okay. But to say you shouldn't go after the Lord, then we'd have to question a lot of saints yep. who write to pursue the Lord passionately yeah. to, to allow namely, zeal. Namely Paul. Right, right, <laughs> right, exactly. To allow zeal for his house to consume you. Yeah. Like, like I, I just, I do see that often as in the distinction, a difference that'll be drawn. But what I would say is both of those are beautiful. Yeah. I think you need both of those. I think the gospel in its entirety can be summed up in two yeah. words, come and go. Mm. And if it can be summed up in come and go, like come and see, come follow me, right? Go therefore, go yeah. into the city, whatever. Like come and go. And if contemplatives, the come and the charismatics, the go, yeah. I see them as beautifully complimentary. Yeah, like again, like- Almost it, like it, they are- Co-essential expression. Exactly. Exactly. Now again. Now again. Not to. And I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to like bring it to such a um, simplified version that uh-huh. I do away with some people's concerns. But I do think oftentimes yeah. we do make the distinction without difference. But yeah. even when we make a distinction with difference, there are often differences that should coincide. That, yeah. that aren't mutually yeah. exclusive, but actually are made to go together. Well, I think sometimes it's because people want. I don't know what it is. Like, are, we're afraid that maybe my expression isn't the right expression. So I'm going to throw it on other people because I want to make sure that they look like me, well, right? Yeah, justification. It's, is that yeah. what you're saying? So yeah. to justify to justify what I'm doing, I need to make sure that you can't justify what you're doing. Yeah. Because I've found goodness in what I'm doing. And if you're right, then there wouldn't be goodness in what I'm doing. Yeah. But- Maybe there's goodness in both, and, and that's where maybe the there's stretching. room for both. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, so, but I think there is something there. Uh, Ralph Martin, um, if you if you're looking for something a little more substantial here, he he wrote a he wrote an article after um, after his first time reading Saint John's book, the Spiritual Canticle. If you're not if you don't know who Ralph Martin is, he's a hero in the in the modern church, particularly in the Charismatic Renewal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As the Charismatic Renewal impacted the church. In the mid '60s, Ralph Martin was identified early on. Ralph, we love you as yep. uh, as one of the leaders of this of this movement, one of the shepherds mm-hmm. of this movement. He was actually brought to Rome to mm-hmm. be charged with um, developing and leading and forming 
uh, good, solid theology around an understanding yeah, and expression me of too. the charisma. Yeah, that happened yeah, <laughs> to me. Yeah. So, yeah. so I want to I want to quote this. I, I won't read too much today, but Ralph, uh, he said he was on an in an airport. He was in the airport in Zurich, Switzerland, after going on one of his travels um, in in being a leader of the of the charismatic expression of the church, right? And he says, I remember sitting in a Zurich, Switzerland airport waiting for a flight back to the States um, and doing my assigned reading. As I, was, as I read the spiritual canticle, that's St. John of the Cross book, mm-hmm. the spiritual canticle. Mm-hmm. It was as if my life was flooded with illumination. Everything I had ever experienced, hoped for, desired, dared to dream about in both natural and supernatural life was being expressed in John with a clarity and depth that literally took my breath away. Yeah, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I could hardly speak. So great was the light flooding my being. Wow. So here's, here's a giant of, of mm-hmm. the charismatic expression of the Catholic faith, right? Who is, is just speaking with the utmost honor yeah. of, of John of the Cross. And he goes on to explain, you know, if, if you've heard the narrative that John of the Cross is critical of the charisms of the spirit, um, don't believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, Don't believe, believe it. it. Read it. Read it. Read the source. Yeah. Right? yeah. John, well, yeah. John identifies a, a very a very critical perspective hmm. on the malpractice of the gifts, mm-hmm. so that we could be better equipped to to express them appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, which we need to know. Yeah. Right? Praise we, God. We, for we need that. to know yes. what the malpractice of the gifts are, so mm-hmm. that we can we can see uh, where God is moving sincerely. Right. I love Ralph Martin has a book, Fulfillment of All Desire, yeah. and it's a big so fat book. I'm not great with fat books, but <laughs> I was forced to read it for my uh, studies. And uh, but it's it's really neat because he he really like takes all of the mystics and yeah. the doctors of the church yeah. who are seen often from the contemplative or the intellectual <clears throat> wing of the church. And he he roots their charismatic expressions mm-hmm. in a very holistic, unthreatening, like accessible way. That yeah. like, wait a second, these expressions that were like often we say, oh, only trees of Havila can have that. And if you think you're having that, you're not holy enough to have that. It's like, no, wait, this is holiness. Like yeah, this is yeah. I'm living life in the Holy Spirit, yeah. and so I have access to the same Spirit of God mm-hmm. that Teresa and John of the Cross and Catherine yeah. of Siena, Thomas Aquinas had mm-hmm. access to. Yeah, when I was reading that book, I loved the title so much because it, it actually, um, it challenged me a little bit. The well, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, right, right, right. <laughs> no, no, it just, it challenged me because as I was reading it, I was beginning just reflecting on how often I don't see God as the fulfillment of all desire, but yeah. I see him as the renunciation of all desire. Mm-hmm. So I, I just rid myself of all these desires and it's him and him alone. No, he brings all of your desires mm. to life. Yeah. And that's when you go after him It's like, he opens you up and it's like, well, yeah, no, I would love that because I'll get to know you more that way. Yeah. And others will know you more that way. Well, of course I want that gift. And I don't want that gift because it's gonna look good on a video. I want that gift because if someone else experiences that gift, they'll know you yeah. and you fulfill everything they're looking for, right? And th- that just like spoke to my heart. And I, I agree, there's a, a book, um, oh, I'm blanking on it. No, Fire Within by Thomas yeah. Dubay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, it's a thick book too. And I had to read like every page of that like twice because yeah. Thomas Dubay is just Thomas deep. Is a little He's too so powerful. deep, yeah. But but like, again, he, do, he does well to unpack this again yeah. and make it accessible. Again, like accessible in like an understanding of, okay, this is what they're speaking yeah. to. Maybe not in like an easy read on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. but I don't know. There's something to what God is speaking through yeah. both that allows us to see him as a fulfillment and not a renunciation. Yeah. I, I want him to fulfill. So that's, that's a good reflection on the, on the contemplative. Um, Dan, you, you identified that the, the charismatic spiritual expression can be, can be summed up in the fact that I'm, I'm seeking and I'm open to the Holy Spirit's movement in my yeah. life, mm-hmm. right? So uh, what is the charismatic spirituality not? It's not music. Mm-hmm. Right, music is an expression of what we experience. Yes, yes. Um, we don't we don't summon the Holy Spirit by playing you know rock music. Yeah, never uh, use uh, the word summon the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah. again. Well, because he's alive inside. <laughs> that no, that's I good. use that intentionally. We yeah. have to stand around a candle and summon the Holy Dan, Spirit. Okay, Dan, I'm just saying what it's not. And, saying what it's not. And, and, and likewise, as we were saying earlier, Welcome like the, the teachings of the teachings of John of the Cross, the teachings of of Teresa of Avila, the the rich tradition of our church. It exists so that we could have uh, guidelines yeah, of course. For, for the safe expression of the charisms yes. of the Spirit. I mean, we see this happening all the way back into the church at Corinth, yeah. right? That yeah. Paul begins to give guidelines for what yeah. we could expect and experience as mm-hmm. we zealously pursue the movement of the Spirit in our lives. Mm-hmm. So we don't hold up a hero of the charismatic faith as like, you know, 
the pastor down the street today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we can talk about awesome, you know, men like Ralph Martin and who are, who are doing amazing work. We can talk about a lot of the new movements in the church that are, that are, yeah. are seeing just explosive growth. But we, we talk about the Franciscans, right? We talk about the Dominicans. We talk about the Augustinians, right? Expressions of the faith, St. Saint, uh, Saint Ignatius, mm-hmm. who in his spiritual exercises, right? He, he depends upon the fact that prayer becomes for us uh, a conversation with yeah, God, an like experience. A, a meaningful, powerful relationship. We, we draw upon the, the catechism of the Catholic Church that, that, that our prayer life should be uh, a fulfilling, life-giving relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Yes. That, that's what it means. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that the gifts of the church are given for her upbuilding. That as we commit ourselves to the work of evangelization, like these are necessary for mm-hmm. our success. Yeah. yeah. Well, the charismatic move that, that we're seeing in the church right now, it's not some offshoot brand of Catholicism. Yeah. It, yeah. It's found right in the heart of the church. It's almost like something that was at the heart of the church found itself on the peripheries and the Holy Spirit was like, I want back in the center, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't think it's by happenstance that we see around the world, the Holy Spirit moving in really yeah. powerful Amen. ways. I also Amen. don't think it's by accident that the way that we decide if someone's a saint or not is through miracle signs and wonders. Like yeah. you have to, through your intercession, like prove your heavenly reality by allowing that like <laughs> healing to happen here, yeah. right? And that's because Holy Spirit, obviously like, and, in his like divine nature, like comes in and he transforms. Like it's yeah. what he's about is transformation. So I, I think that like, I just want that to be said that it's not some offshoot, like, like Ralph Morton's not leading up some offshoot of the Catholic faith. He's found himself right in the heart of the beauty of it. And he's saying, Oh, there's this one Amen. aspect I want to bring back. I think there's two. I mean, so charismatic's open to the gifts of the Holy spirit. And you, you mentioned that these, these healings, these miracles are evidence to canonize a person who's, who's yes. up for canonization. And I think sometimes we almost, it's this false humility and this lack of faithfulness that, well, God can do it in the great saints, but he can't do it in me. And if mm. I have the mm. gall to presume that he would do miracles mm. through me, mm-hmm. then somehow I, I'm prideful. And it's, it's that's just wrong. It's it's like the Holy Spirit was poured up out upon all flesh. Like yeah, the, yeah. all of the great saints, I have access to the exact same Holy Spirit. And yeah. the Holy Spirit loves those individuals. And that's why the Holy Spirit used them and, and allowed gifts to flow forth from them. Does God love them or does Desire to use them any more or less than he loves and desires to use me? Sure. I'd say no, right? And mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. all of those amazing saints of the past, they're simply meant to be testifiers to what God can and desires to do in That's my awesome. life. Yeah. And when I mm-hmm. cheapen God uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I don't give him glory mm-hmm. to say, you want to use me, he won't use me. Yeah. Like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, like, I have to let myself be used uh, in order awesome. to be a vessel in mm-hmm. his hand. And when the Lord uses you, if, if we're going back to Paul, Paul boasts in his weakness. It actually humbles him to go out operating in the gifts of the spirit yeah. because he begins to see his frailty. Not, well, he yeah, begins to see I, his humanity. Like he's like, this, okay, Lord, Lord poured out. And then he goes and then he's like, okay, I'm seeing you moving this way. Here's a way that I'm still operating in my flesh. Oh, wow, I need you more. It's yeah. actually, there, there's times when I, I again, I, I just don't want it to be thought that the only way to be humble is to sit and only speak when you're asked. Yeah. Like, that's great. That's amazing. And that's good discipline. It's good prudence and temperance. But fortitude is also, a, it's also a cardinal virtue that yeah. I want to go out. And and, and again, Amen. like there's just Amen. something to both. Simeon Amen. was very holy and he waited on the Lord. Paul was very holy and he went out and, and asked the Lord to, accompany him as he tried to do his work. I think they're both good. Okay, so today's show, uh, I, I promised- Good thing this, we have Aaron. This, yeah. this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is why I have my- Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, the, okay, I wanna, I wanna round out today's, the, the conclusion of today's conversation. We got 20 minutes left. Okay. Um, yeah. What it means to actually practically approach how this is all well and good, right? Sure. That we're talking about the history of the church, that we're talking about the move of what's happening in Damascus or other mm-hmm. lay apostolates. Mm-hmm. How is it that I, as a Christian, um, you know, you as yeah, our good. viewer today, can can engage in a lifestyle where I can earn the blessing or, or experience the blessing, benefit from the blessing of both the charismatic and the contemplative expression yeah. of the faith. Mm-hmm. And and even in those words, I feel like those words are labels in themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Contemplative doesn't. You know. Whatever. How can mm-hmm. I how can I experience the best of the old and the new mm-hmm. of of what God what God has given and what God has yet to give? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, um, I am not the full expression of this. We are not the full expression of this. 
but this is sort of a list that I generated based on testimony. All right, mm-hmm. um, how my life has been has been impacted powerfully, and I, I know having walked with you guys that you've experienced similar stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we can we can uh, we can chat about these for a little bit. But I've got three practical application steps for if you're the type of person that generally would characterize yourself as trending toward the charismatic expression of the faith. These are three things that you could do to stretch yourself that God might be able to meet you more powerfully, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why might one be inclined to try something new mm-hmm. in the expression of his or her spiritual life? Well, number one, if you're running up against a wall, right? If you've been trying something and trying something and it's just not working, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to take a look at your own personal disposition, yep. right? Your own heart and see if maybe you are getting in the way sure. of a powerful encounter of prayer, mm-hmm. right? God doesn't want that to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, why might I want to switch up my experience of faith? Because I have, an, I have a deep desire for more, right? I have a hunger in my mm-hmm. heart that God mm-hmm. would reveal more. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those are really good reasons. Both mm-hmm. of those are, are scripturally founded yep. for reasons why we might want to continue to, to press in to pursue more mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. and in, in, in hunger and desire for more of God to work mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. So number one, if if you would traditionally describe yourself as charismatic, I want to suggest that you could grow even deeper in relationship with God by a return to order and discipline in mm-hmm. your prayer life. I think a lot of times in in the experience that I've had, mm-hmm. someone would say that in order to express the charismatic life of prayer, mm-hmm. I have to be free, right? I have mm-hmm. I have to. Um, uh, that I, I go into my times of prayer and I just sit and I say, God, come and meet me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I think that even someone who does exist in that place of beauty and intimacy with God can benefit greatly, especially in particular seasons, mm-hmm. in a return to order and discipline in daily prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love that. because um, So my wife went to mass the other day and she was just like, it was first Friday and she was like, man, it was so nice to show up to a first Friday where the, you had mass confession, adoration, and the rosary. And she was like, it was quiet. I knew what to predict. It was just, I didn't need to uh, feel anything. I was just there in yeah. the presence of God. And I think there's something about just a return to that, that yeah. order and discipline. Like, you know what? Every first Friday, there's going to be, there's going to be mass and adoration and confessions. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. there's that structure that was, that you could depend on in the yep. sense of like, when your prayer life sometimes feels like, shoot, yeah. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I have all these, like, I, I, I have all these different things going on. Boom, now all of a sudden I'm grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just grounded. And it provides constancy over time, right? Yeah. That's what the mass does for us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not lacking freedom in the mass. Rather, the mass is saying all of the freedom you're experiencing, bring it back here, make sure it aligns, let's anchor it, and here's gonna be your constant forever, yeah. Yeah. right? That, there's a there's an amazing beauty to that. And I, I see that, um, well, Aaron, you and I have had conversations about that. You can probably speak to that a little better than I, but I've found myself recently going back to morning prayer some, yep. Yep. back to the Literally liturgy the hours. hours. Yeah, because there's something to that. It's just, I, I know what I know what a feast day is gonna bring. It's gonna be Sunday week one, and we're gonna bless the Lord yeah. a lot. And, yeah. and it's, there's just a, I don't know, a rhythm to it. Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite apps on my phone is the Divine Office app, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I can I can sit down with my phone every day and I can open, or if you prefer books, right? There are yeah, books sure. for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can sit down every day and open open my my prayer time with a, a repeatable uh, you know, experience of, of how I can expect and how mm-hmm. I can step into the fact that God has spoken and speaks through this, the yeah. prayer of the church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? You can you can even listen to the audio on your way to work in the morning or school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's it can be a profound blessing. Yeah, the response oriel psalms like that too. I've noticed like each day you get the response oriel psalm yep. and it's repetitive. And I actually have noticed that so often when I'm in mass or even when I'm praying through the daily readings, I just breeze right through it. Like I almost don't even focus on the words that I'm using that are repetitive. Yeah. And when you actually focus on those and you let them go deeper after each stanza. There's so much power in that because yeah. again, it anchors you in this constant understanding of how the church is moving forward. All right, practical application number two. If, if you consider yourself charismatic and you are hungry for something more, check it out. Prioritize silence and sacraments. Mm. Right. Um, so good, right? So good. Shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a, a surprise <laughs> to any of us. Uh, but I think, I think sometimes we can get into our mind, even here at Damascus, that, okay, in order to have a meaningful experience of prayer, I have to have my soaking music on. Mm-hmm. I have to have my worship music on in the background. <laughs> yeah, sure, like, sure. There, there's a place, a beautiful place 
for for silence and for just a, a tradition. Yeah. Uh, an experience of the sacraments. Of course, right? yeah. To, to, to go back to that place. We say it all the time here that like students, campers, uh, retreatants, you need to be ready because when you go back to your church, it's not gonna be the same as here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that one of the dangers of living in, a, in a, uh, an outwardly expressive environment for so long is that you find a place where you're, you're no longer comfortable with silence. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that, you you see in a lot of um, charismatic streams sometimes they just they, this like sub language or like becomes like and everyone's just spitting off the same terms like yeah. blah 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 sure, sure. this is all the same terms and it's like yeah. they're it's the same like uh, ways to respond to things and it's like wait mm-hmm. a second you're just saying these like words do you mean them and, it makes you comfortable yeah yeah I, 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 was heard, at a, I was at a concert one time and and uh, it was it was awesome I think it was Matt Marr who was leading it was at the IHOP conference, uh, mm-hmm. a non-denominational conference for 20,000 people. Yeah. And it was like this beautiful, profound silence that came after just this amazing moment of worship. And we're sitting there in the silence. And then, of course, like three seconds into the silence, somebody just like screams out, Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> Jesus! Because, because the silence makes you uncomfortable. It makes yeah, you uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. That's right? funny that you say that because, well, IHOP, so that was, I was going to share Mike Bickle, the founder of IHOP. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he shared one time in a talk that just, it really spoke to me. He said, I never want to be an echo, right? And uh, so like, I want to read the echo and he's he's all, he's Protestant, but he's yeah. all about the mystics, right? Yeah. He studies the church mm-hmm. fathers like, man, mm-hmm. I want to know what the echo is, but I also never want to be merely an echo. Like I want to be in the silence. So God's revealing mm-hmm. new things to mm-hmm. me in a way that allows me to express the words. So everyone's saying the same thing all the time. Yeah. The question is, have you spent time wrestling with the Lord? So the Lord is sharing a, a reality to you. Uh, are you just like spitting off that awesome talk you heard from someone and saying what they said? Or did the Lord share something with you Amen. that you're able to share to bring to That's others? That's right, yeah. And, and you only get that in the silence. And it, yeah. and it simplifies. Okay, right? it simplifies. so uh, yeah. returning to order, um, prioritizing silence in the sacraments. Uh, third point, if you consider yourself charismatic and you want to stretch yourself, try reading uh, the, the the tried and true spiritual writings of the fathers of the faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we've got some amazing contemporary writers mm-hmm. uh, and we've got some treasure yeah. uh, that, that's buried deep in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned St. John of the Cross, the spiritual canticle, right? Uh, if you're sensitive to what St. John of the Cross might be saying about the charismatic renewal, try it out. Yeah. Uh, yep. Read read and learn, right? St. Augustine, um, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, you mentioned um, St. Thomas. He's a little tough to read sometimes, but man, <laughs> my study of St. Thomas Aquinas in, yep. in college, it yeah. was some of the most meaningful experience that I had. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the greatest, you know, the greatest um, experiences that I had in theology in college was actually studying through a charismatic lens, St. Thomas Aquinas on the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. couple couple hundred years before the renewal, <laughs> maybe, maybe 700 he, years, 600 years like before the renewal. But he's like insanely charismatic. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I, I love the patriarchs. Like yeah. I love the fathers of the faith. Like they didn't have a, a prescribed theology they were going off of. They were building it as the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. I mean, as we're speaking about this, like, if you really want to see what a movement was about, look at the patriarchs. Yeah. The patriarchs are sitting with the Lord and yeah. revealing to the church what the church would become. You know, I love Athanasius. I love Irenaeus. So St. Irenaeus is actually about to become a doctor of the church. So check him out if you've never <laughs> read him. He, he's amazing because he studied under Polycarp yeah. who immediately studied under John, the yeah. apostle John. So you have John, Polycarp, Not and bad. then Irenaeus, Not right? Bad. So like, just there. think, no, exactly. <laughs> and, and when you read, and even if you go up to Polycarp, and obviously to John, I mean, they're, yeah. they're sitting with the Lord. They're unveiling what the church would yeah. be. If you're about a part of a movement, I mean, this is great for charismatics because if you're part of a movement, you think is going to refresh the church. It's going to bring a new breath. Yeah. Man, the patriarchs, they are the ones yeah. that brought the new breath yeah. to the whole world. Yeah. So charismatics, we love you. Um, and we love the, uh, we love the, the, the grace and the, and the heart that you bring into the church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, 100%. Uh, and we love the way that you can grow. So we wanna mm-hmm. challenge you to grow. Um, we wanna challenge you to, uh, to consider, you know, how, can I, how can I step in more seriously to learn from those who have gone mm-hmm. before me, even yes. those who've been critical of me mm-hmm. in the past? Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Maybe even especially the ones that have been critical. And, <laughs> uh, and you contemplatives, right? Do, do people call themselves that? No, it'd be, be the tratty, the tratty, tratty crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We love you. Uh, we love you. And, and uh, I, I just want to like communicate, 
apology for the times when you felt uh, pushed away oh, yeah. or turned away or judged or um, whatever the case may be, unwelcome. Yeah. Um, through Damascus or through any of the new movements in the church. Well, because they have such a hunger as well for renewal, right? Yeah. We all have a hunger for renewal and yeah. we're pursuing the the different ways to renew the church. Yeah. yeah. I had, I had, well, and I shared with Brad a little bit ago, I had, I had a, a guy in my small group um, this past summer who just helped me to grow so much more in love for him um, and for the church through his like diehard dedication to the traditional expression of the faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's so it's so beautiful. It's so, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you have traditionally described yourself as contemplative, traditional, um, I want to suggest in humility today ways that I've experienced change and mm-hmm. uh, and growth, and ways that I think you could, if you want to stretch yourself to step into um, mm-hmm. to to step into a place where God can God can grow you. Okay, number one, um, pray like you're ready to risk something. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't want that to sound offensive. But um, many times in scripture, Jesus commands us to pray in faith. And, you know, as simply here at Damascus, as if someone asks me to pray for him or her, Mm -hmm. right? My response isn't, okay, yeah, I'll add you to my list of intercessions, right? My response is, okay, I want to pray in such a way that um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put my own ego on the line, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to risk, I'm going to risk embarrassing myself. Yeah. Yeah because I'm going to put myself out here. And if you ask me to pray for healing, I'm going to pray that you be healed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get healed, guess what? I have to reconcile with the fact <laughs> that I'm not God. Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. a tough expression. No. <laughs> but, I, but I pray in faith. Oftentimes, you know, the, the gifts of the spirit are poured out for the upbuilding of the church, right? Mm-hmm. So many times, and this isn't necessarily, I guess it is, it can be found in theology, but but we see that the the, the gifts that God gives for the sake of evangelization are activated precisely at the moment where we need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. You know, uh, we see when, when Jesus multiplies the fish and the loaves, he, he tells the apostles, go and feed, feed them. And they say, we can't. This is just a simple fish and a loaf, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, no, he, he looks up to heaven, he blesses it, he multiplies it, and he gives it back to their hands, right? And he says, you go, pass it out. Mm-hmm. It's the act of passing out. It's the act of taking a step in faith mm-hmm. where the gift is actually multiplied. received. Mm-hmm. Pray like you're ready to risk something. Yeah. You want to learn how to grow in, in prophetic word? Open your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Open your mouth and put yourself in a situation where, God, if you don't inspire this right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to look like an idiot, mm-hmm. right? What's the worst that can happen? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, right. Take yourself less seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a, this has been tremendously influential in my own mm-hmm. in my own faith. Well, and even scripture says the prayers of the righteous are strong and powerful, right? And so, like, if you've got the righteous is the one who has followed the tradition very yeah. well. And so mm-hmm. the Lord is honors you for like where you've been and what you've done. He's honored you for your faithfulness and prayer. And now taking that step of faith and saying, I'm going to pray for healing for this person. Like God's going to honor that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll show up and bless like that person because your prayers are needed and necessary in that moment because mm-hmm. your prayers are strong yeah. and yeah. efficacious. Yeah. Yeah. I've often wondered that in, in like the Western world, could it be that the reason that faith is on the decline, could it be that the reason that faith is on the decline is because risk is on the decline? Mm-hmm. That like, you don't really need faith without risk. Like authentic faith requires authentic risk. Like I have to be risking something to hold on to faith on the other side of it, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, if we don't take that risk, I mean, I, I think do this in your heart. Like if, if, if you're at mass and they're praying the prayers of the faithful, mm-hmm. like pray them like you mean them. Like, Lord, I do actually believe you want to give us more vocations of the priesthood. Yeah. I don't want to just yeah. complain that you haven't done it yet. I want to actually yep. contend in my heart and risk my own reputation or whatever that yeah. I do actually believe you'll come through yeah, here. Yeah, that's wild. You know, you hear, you hear Jesus in scripture. He says, he says to the man, stand and walk. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where the guy didn't get up. Then, yeah. <laughs> you look pretty silly. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I, I've done it. Right. right? Oh, hundred percent. Um, but but there's a there's a faith that's built mm-hmm. when I when I when I when I make the there's a faith that's built when I when I put myself in a situation that by my language I'm communicating I believe that God can do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, versus our, our language can sometimes uh, it, it can it can undermine the faith of a prayer. Yeah. That. God, would you would you heal this person if you want to? Yeah. And if this is the right time, uh-huh. unless you don't, unless your divine will is is something else, yeah. right? Uh, are those are those words inappropriate? No, they're not. 
but they give us an out, right? Mm -hmm. They give us a safety net. Mm -hmm. All right, number two, stretch your expression beyond what is comfortable. Stretch your expression beyond what is comfortable. This one actually, I think, applies to both everyone, charismatic and contemplative, yeah. you know, uh, backgrounds, right? Um, sometimes those things that are kind of markers of a, of a charismatic life of prayer, like a, pr a prayer of declaration, um, mm -hmm. uh, entering into those moments of of, of powerful worship, right? Uh, those those can be seen as like hallmarks that I'm I'm simply unwilling to touch. Mm -hmm. I would invite you to taste and see. Yeah. Right. Put yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable. I promise. All three of us, right, in our first experiences of a powerful moment of of charismatic praise and worship, right? I was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Very uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable for years. Mm -hmm. Um. And 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 the. The outward, the outward expressions of the charisms of the faith that, that we see bearing tremendous fruit here mm -hmm. at Damascus, mm -hmm. uh, they never come from a place of comfort, mm -hmm. right? They come from a place of risk and, and putting ourselves yeah. on the line. Um, and and I, I, would, I would toss it in the other direction too. If your comfort zone is being out there and, and rocking out with the, with the worship band, yeah. right? Take a step into what's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Go into the silence, right? Mm -hmm. um, participate in the beauty and the history and tradition of the Latin liturgy. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there, there's there's something there that is beautiful and profound mm -hmm. that it's hard to capture in yeah. another environment. Yep. Yeah, make yourself uncomfortable. I mean, I think like if you seek discomfort yeah. with the Lord, you'll almost never be led astray. Like every single time I've sought discomfort with the Lord, I've, I've been in a pretty good place. I'm like, I'm seeking discomfort here, Lord, because I'm gonna fast for this particular reason, or I'm going to take this additional mm. prayer time that'll be a little harder because it'll get me a little behind on what I wanna do this weekend. Yeah. Like just for those out there that are listening, I seek discomfort even in the places you're already going. So yeah. maybe it would be uncomfortable to pray a prayer in a specific way or yeah. however. All right, my, here. my I, final piece is uh, num number three. If, if, you, if you'd consider yourself part of the charismatic or traditional uh, tradition of the church, and I'm sorry, contemplative or traditional expression of the church, and, and you wanna challenge yourself, I, I wanna challenge you with this. This was maybe the most meaningful, um, the most meaningful uh, moment of transition and, and growth that I saw in my own life. Honor traditions external to your experience. Okay, in your word, in your action, and in your deed, to honor people who think differently than yourself, hmm. right? In in my own experience, just a, a brief little testimony. You know, I um, I was raised in a in a more or less suburban traditional uh, expression of the faith, and I remember my mom when I was thirteen or fourteen years old taking me to a um, a praise and worship event. And I couldn't have been less satisfied with my experience there. <laughs> I wanted nothing. I, I wanted, I would nothing to do with well, them. Was it ever. your mom and all of her friends? <laughs> ever, yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> ever, ever again. And um, I, I made a vow that day, like I'm never going to sing again. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, um, you know, through learning guitar, right? I, I, I had an experience through Catholic Youth Summer Camp where I needed to, to grow that muscle I stagnated in my faith after being baptized with the Holy Spirit in a place where I wasn't seeing growth in, mm -hmm. in the charisms, right? And um, I, I, what was it that happened? My friend Megan and I, um, we, were, we were eight, nine years into youth ministry and we weren't seeing success and, and progress. And all of a sudden um, we started to listen to and to be formed by a guy named Louis Giglio, a pastor of a Protestant church in a non-denominational church in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the content that he spoke. It wasn't the cadence that he taught us with, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't the formation that we received. I think it was simply putting myself in a place of realizing I don't have it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And God God operated from that place of humility and just transformed my heart. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So uh, it, pray like you're ready to risk something, stretch your expression beyond what's comfortable and honor traditions external to your experience. You hear that all the time too, and it's like, well, that's just not my thing. And it, it's it's okay if it's not your primary thing, but if you're Catholic, it's it's our thing. So let's try mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's there's value in that. There's external expressions, right? And when we honor it, when we learn it, when we try it, we can maybe it will become our thing. There's yeah. things that weren't my thing in the past that are my thing now, and there's things that were really fruitful at one point mm -hmm. that I returned to at a later point yeah. because. Uh, because 
the the soul was in a process yeah. of of growing with the Lord. So yeah. allow different things to become your thing. And fight the temptation to make your preference a principle. That I might have a preference in the faith, but I don't need to make that a principle of against yours can't stand. Yeah. Two preferences can exist at the t- same time. Two principles can't. Yeah. So a lot of times I try to make my preference a principle to shut you down. But what if I just admitted that it was yeah. a preference, saw your preference, and we came together and experienced each other's preferences? That could be positive. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. All right. I, I want to give one final point of feedback, then we'll close out today's show. Um, one of the one of the practices that I've implemented in my own life, I want to challenge you and offer this that you might want to consider it for yourself is I, I keep track of my daily route or my weekly routine with a with a a, a reminder list mm-hmm. that's constantly moving right mm-hmm. and as things happen I as, as things are accomplished I check them off the list I have a recurring reminder on my on my app that whether it's every week or every two weeks I challenge myself to reassess my prayer disciplines to ask myself okay God. Is, is this the type of fruit? Is, is, mm-hmm. this, is this discipline, is this practice bearing the type of fruit that you want me to bear, that you want it to bear in my life? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we enter into a conversation together and, and the Holy Spirit and I, mm-hmm. we, we, we ask and we discern and we, and we decide to pursue something different mm-hmm. or something unique. I'd like to encourage you to get into the practice frequently, just like you examine your conscience at the end of a night or the end of a week to examine your prayer. To ask, is this producing the fruit, God, that you desire for it to produce in me? Mm-hmm. I want to close this out in prayer today. This mm-hmm. has been sweet. Um, if if today's conversation has been meaningful to you, uh, consider sharing it with somebody that you know. Um, and if you want to maybe refresh and remind yourself what we what we experienced mm-hmm. today, feel free to check us out. You can download this podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Um, you could like and subscribe to get more content from Beyond Damascus in your inbox and in your notifications. We'll close out with prayer, uh, and and we'll 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 close out the show for for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, we love you. Um, we love you, and we're constantly surprised by you. We pray that our experience of faith would never be enough. Um, God, that you'd never leave us. Uh, that you'd never leave us satisfied with where we are. Mm -hmm. But Lord, you'd always call us deeper into something new. I pray today, Lord, that uh, as as we've shared about these topics, that you would light a fire in our hearts, that what we've spoken about, we would be led to desire more. Um, Jesus, and, and that as you've called us to challenging and taking intentional steps toward growing in our own expression of faith, that you'd give us the grace that it might bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. I pray that what God's done in each of our lives, what he's done here at Damascus, he'd do for every single one of you as you listen here to today's show. Check us out next week on Beyond Damascus. God bless you, have a great week.